I'm Christina. I'm Elle. And this is Indian State. Kia ora whanau and welcome to our second episode. Hell yeah. This is so exciting. Yeah. And we're going to actually be doing a proper episode this time, not just like an introduction to the podcast. So. Which is exciting. And like, it was really nice. Like some of my friends had listened to the episode over the week and they were saying they enjoyed it. So that was... Such a good feeling, because I was kind of terrified no one would like it. <laughs> but I also have a feeling we're going to get thousands of followers, like Tina's manifesting it, so... I am busy manifesting it, and it's going to be so great. I also had a bunch of people message me, and it just... It, it made it feel like it was all worth it, so that was awesome. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about sexuality! It's going to be a very exciting conversation. It is. Um, yeah... I mean, I'm hella queer, so <laughs> I'm here. That's some r- nice rhyming for you. Yeah. I actually <laughs> for have this a, conversation. I have a book that my wonderful sister gave to me, um, and it's basically about like queer history in recent time. Well, since like 1920s, and the different chapters. Like the first one is called "We're Here," and then the second one is called "We're Queer," and so it's kind of oh, cool because so cool. every time you say that, it just reminds me of that. Yeah, no, I love I love that phrase. We're here. We're queer. I just love all of the puns on different queer identities like every single pun falls on my hair immediately (laughs) (laughs) but there are some good ones I promise yeah um so today we're going to be talking about our own experiences our own journeys how we kind of fit or don't fit into different labels how we feel about that and then our feelings around coming out our experiences and also just like existing as a queer person so we're going to be talking about lots of different things this episode um, so I think we'll just jump right in. Should we just do a reminder of our names? Because I get annoyed when I can't tell podcasters <laughs> apart in a podcast. I'm Elle. I'm Christina. <laughs> okay. Um, so what is a win that you've had in the past week, Elle? Um, it's honestly, <laughs> no, it's been a bit of a chaotic week, to be honest. It hasn't been the best. But I'm really proud of myself. I did hand in an assignment that was worth 15%. It was a book review. And I literally read... I did not read the book. (laughs) I read the (laughs) introduction chapter and the conclusion chapter. And then I read the, like, there were conclusions to each chapter, which was lucky. Um, And then I just kind of wrote it and made it up. But I handed it in. It was over the word count. So it really was not my best work, but it's worth 15%. And I almost didn't hand it in. I almost gave up, but I didn't. And I'm proud of myself for handing it in, even though it was hard. Yay! What about you? Um, I mean, I've still been on holidays this week, which has been fucking sick, to be honest, because it's been what I needed. And in the first week of the holidays, I didn't give myself a break, which was kind of funny, um, because I had two different assignments that were due in the holidays that's rude it was so rude and I wanted to cry but anyway um this week I've had maybe two or three days where I actually haven't done like much which has been awesome um but my win of the week is yesterday was my dad's birthday and it was a really fun day um that looked so fun (laughs) yeah my my stepmom organized for us to basically do a treasure hunt around a bunch of different thrift shops which was so sick um so I got a lot of cool clothes but then it was also about like you there were a bunch of different rules but I had to get one item of clothing from each thrift shop to make an outfit that we were going to wear out to dinner so it was super cool um and then we had yummy dinner and 
or some cake. So after we finish filming this episode, we're definitely going to have some cake. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I did not know it. there was cake. <laughs> my brother randomly made cake this week as well, which is nice because he's on school holidays and he's a good cook. Low-key, the icing did taste a little bit like butter. <laughs> but the cake itself was really nice. I mean, icing, you really need to have a good recipe to get it right. Yeah. Um, then our little check-in question, and rem- just remember to, like, ask yourself this question as well. Check-in, see how you're feeling, yeah. all those kinds of good, good, good mental health stuff. Um, our question is, what is a song that is kind of representative of how you're feeling? So, Elle, do you have an answer? Yeah, I do. Um, gosh, I've forgotten the, the singer of the song, but it's a popular song, so it it should show up on Spotify or wherever you're searching for it anyway, but it's IDKU yet, I don't know you yet. And basically it's a song about someone who feels like they need their soulmate, but they haven't found them yet, but they need them in that moment. And lately I've been feeling really lonely. Like the start of uni, it's really hard transitioning in terms of like keeping friendships and that kind of thing. And it's been quite hard for me. So um, yeah, just that feeling of like missing people that you don't actually know. Um, is the feeling of that song and that's how I've been feeling as well nice nice and really deep and all those kinds of things um should I go is yeah. are you done yeah I mean uh, I guess the main thing was also that it was I was replacing soulmate with the idea that I feel like I want a big sibling that doesn't exist so yeah just a bit of background Elle's got a bangin' playlist. I do. I'm Ella Docklin on Spotify if you want to check me out. Um, little self-plug because I'm very proud of my playlists. Um, but yeah, they've got a specific one that's um, missing a sibling that doesn't exist. Yeah. What about you? What's your song? Soulmate by Lizzo. I've been listening oh to very much... Our songs kind of interrelate, um, which is kind yeah. of funny. We did not plan that. Um, but yeah, because... I've been listening to a bunch of happy music today, which has been awesome. I've been in a really good mood. Hell yeah. We love um, that for you. And yeah, I saw a TikTok ages ago that was like about what um, what your favorite artist says about you. And then the one for Lizzo, and I was listening to Lizzo a lot at that period of time, was like, you're actually trying to improve yourself. Um, and so that's swag. Yeah. Lizzo. I feel like I've been on a... Sorry. I've uh, been on a big self-improvement journey for like a while now. So much so that it's just become a part of my everyday life. But yeah, every time I listen to Lizzo, I'm kind of like, I just get a little reminder of that TikTok, which is cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, I just, I love Lizzo so much. Like, she is just so unashamedly herself. And that's such a common thing to struggle with. Like, I know I struggle with it a lot. And I just admire how much she shares that confidence with the world and like how to get to that place of confidence and self-love mm. that's awesome it's yeah. so inspiring she's absolutely amazing definitely chuck her a follow any way you can like every time i see her content it just uh, makes me so happy and i yeah. love listening to her music she radiates happiness as well which i love i love when i see people like that yeah she's got the best vibes she does um next we've got word of the pod um we didn't (laughs) do this last week because we picked a word it was conglomerate conglomerate yeah but But the thing is yeah and i think we didn't use it because it's too specific and weird of a word so this week we've got a more general word 
Yeah, so I picked the word this week, and it's identity, which I think ties in a lot to the topic of the pod about um, sexuality and stuff. And I also just really like the word in terms of how it sounds or how it feels to say that it's like kind of got that round sound of ident at the start and then titty <laughs> <laughs> at the end. I also like titties, so <laughs> sorry nice. I had to. Um, I agree with you because my favorite word is linguistic. And it's just Ooh. because it feels so nice when you say it. That is literally <laughs> such a good word. Oh my god, that's a maybe that'll be a word. word of the pod in the future <laughs> if we've got any episodes that actually relate to it. Yeah, trying to keep it related to the topic of the pod. Hopefully, then we'll remember to actually say it. Yeah. Um, book club. This is something that we're gonna be doing, kind of like. Once a month, but not once a month. Like, just whenever we feel like it, really. Yeah. Um, and so we're just going to talk about something that we're reading or a book that we really like. Or, I mean, like, after we've been doing this for a while, it'll be more, like, just what we're reading, but also our favourite books. So I'll go yeah. first. And so my book is One Day in December. I've just started reading this, and it's really good. It's about... um, It's kind of similar if you've seen the movie Love, Rosie... It's about these two people, and they, like, first met, like, one of them was on a bus and one of them was at the bus stop, and they just keep on having these moments of just, just missing each other, Ooh. and I love those kinds of stories so much, because yeah. I feel like that's so much, some, it, it's what real life actually is, because you always have those people that just kind of pop up randomly, almost, at times when you need them, or times when you don't need them actually just kind of popping up. Yeah, um, for sure. And so I really like that idea, and so it's a really cool concept. I've only just started reading it, but I've defi- I definitely recommend it. I have no idea who it's by. I just kind of picked it up randomly. No, that sounds like such a good book. Like, I am such a fan of those books that just feel like they fully reflect reality. A lot of them feel mm. really scripted to me, so I really like that. Yeah, I feel like any book's... Because for me, my favourite genre is fantasy, but I really like really realistic books as well, because I feel like so many, it's because this is a romance, particularly romance can just feel so, I really like the freaking, like, this could never actually happen romance type books, but also it's really nice when you just get one that actually feels like real life. Yeah, I love those. Um, My book as well is a romance book. It's probably, no, it is my favourite book. Uh, in terms of fiction books. It's They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera, who is a writer that I just absolutely adore. He writes mm. a lot of um, MLM, so men loving men, um, gay books, and so we love that. It's YA, which is my favourite genre, young adult, because, well, I sure am a young adult. Wow, that was really well-worded. Anyways... <laughs> Um, yeah, I just really love it. It's basically the premise is that you find out on the day that you're going to die between 12 and 3 a.m. that that's the day you're going to die. And so in this book, there are two people who meet over this app um, and decide to spend their last day together. And they end up having a bit of a romance. And it's really fucking cute. It's really sad. It absolutely ripped my heart out at the end and I cried my eyes out. But... I do love it. It's just very heartwarming. And yeah, even though it is sad, it's it feels like warm vibes. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. 
I tried to read it, but I just couldn't. Like, it was just... I read the first chapter, and it was just too sad for me, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like, because I generally use reading as a form of escapism, and so I think that it's really hard for me to read actual, like, dense, sad books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is a sad one, so you have to be in the right mental space for it. But, yeah, it it's... They come from very different walks of life, the two characters, so it's also really cool to just see how they intersect. That's cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. With that, we'll jump on into the episode. So. Hell yeah. Um, shall we kind of start with where we're at, what our journeys? Yeah. Shall we start there? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go first? Okay. <laughs> um, where do I even begin? Um, when did you realize your sexuality and what is it? Um, I realized in 2017, um, so I was in year eight and I, my label that I'm using at the moment is bi and that's what I originally came out with as well. And so that's what I realized in 2017. Um, but basically my like gay awakening, if you want to call it that, I fucking love all of the TikToks and all the jokes about I love like, all those stories <laughs> about what like your gay awakening character or those kinds of things. Um, so mine, I'm actually kind of sad that it was in 2017, just because I love 2018 so much, and it was <laughs> such a good opportunity. But anyway, um, back to the story. I basically had a dream about one of my friends, and I was I had a crush on a guy at the time. And then in the dream, I held hands with the guy, and then I ended up making out with this other person, and then I was like, what does this even mean? Like, does this mean I'm bi? Like, please, just just take a look. Take a second. Do some self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite obvious. Um, so that's when I realized. I don't think there was like a... There was definitely so many signals growing up. Yeah, um, I and, feel the same. And so many characters and stuff like that. And the whole, like, do I want to be them or do I want to date them thing? If I had just figured out that I just wanted to date them and I didn't want to be them, it would have taken so much less time. But yeah, so it ended up kind of being, like, a crush on a friend. Um, luckily, I'm not really friends with them anymore, <laughs> so it's not awkward. Um, but yeah, that's mine. And then... Since then, I've never really had to hide my sexuality, which is, I don't know, I hate to say it, but it is a privilege. Yeah. Um, I, it shouldn't be. That's why I hate to say it. Um, but, yeah, and so I've kind of always just, like, because I realized almost in a way so young, I hate people saying that because it's like, it's not like you're born straight and then you just decide or, like, realize. Yeah. Like, it's just comp hit, to be honest compulsory compulsory heteronormativity why can I not speak <laughs> compulsory heteronormativity if that wasn't a thing I would have knew that I was bi from the day that I could realize it you know same here right it's so complicated and it took me three years from when I first had suspicions that I might be bi because I'm bi as well to realize that I was so yeah um yeah for me I didn't really have, like, a gay awakening with a particular character. Although, I think back and I'm like, oh my goodness, I had the biggest fucking celebrity crush on Zendaya as a kid. <laughs> I watched all of her shows. Like, everything she was in. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I just think she's cool. I think she's really neat. Um, <laughs> I, in fact, wanted to kiss her, and I still want to kiss her. Um, but, yeah, no, I had a friend, actually, in year 10, um, which was when I realised who was by, And that was kind of what made me think about it for the first time, because it was the first time I had um, kind of an in-real-life experience with someone who was LGBT beyond being gay. Um, And, yeah, I was just kind of like, hmm, what really is the difference between a romantic crush and platonically liking someone? And I debated it for a long time, because... When I was in the closet, I thought I had a big preference for guys. Turns out, I actually have a big preference for women. And since they came out, I did debate whether I was a lesbian. I am not, but... Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's so complicated. And it was a really hard thing for me to figure out. And I cried over it so many times. But I eventually came out to my closest friend in July last year. So 2020. And I came out to my parents a couple weeks ago. So that was really exciting. <laughs> It was really funny, actually. I hung up a bi flag. I went to the Big Gay Out, which is like a pride festival in Auckland, and I hung up a bi flag in my room after that, like a few months afterwards, and was like, okay, cool, I'm out to my parents now, and I don't have to have a conversation with them. And then a few weeks after that, my dad was making some joke about um, me marrying a man, and I was like, you have seen the flag in my room, right? And he was like, what do you mean? And so I came out to him and then he told my mum and she also didn't realise, she thought it was just pretty colours. So they didn't know that individual sexualities have pride flags, which is really interesting to me because that's something that I just see as so like simple and well-known, but it's not. So yeah, but now I'm out to everyone in my life pretty much except for um, like my wider family, but I'm not opposed against opposed to being out to them apart from my mum's side of the family who are quite Christian so I don't know how they'd take it but yeah that's kind of my main journey Mm. I'm out to pretty much everyone it's not something that I'm like hiding or actively like I never really came out to people it's just like like because I've known for so long it's never really been a thing because it would just come up in conversation it wasn't really like a I'm gonna come out now thing like I just hate the idea of coming out so so much um, I just think it's bullshit. But anyway, the main people who I'm not out to are, like, as you said, like, it's the same for me, just, like, wider family. And I'm not out to my grandparents because they have said very openly homophobic things. So I'm just choosing not to, to be yeah, honest. It's hard, eh? I feel like, yeah, for me, I kind of did enjoy that aspect of, like, actually officially coming out to people because I had that for a while with some of my friends and it was kind of what I needed because I'd struggled with my sexuality for three years and denied it to myself for so long um to be able to tearfully come out to my best friend and then some other friends was kind of what I needed but then after that it was so lovely to just be able to casually come out in conversation like I'd wanted that for so 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 long and yeah it's really nice like the other day I just mentioned that I was queer and a tutorial to someone who I literally just met that day and didn't know her name and it was like hell yeah it was so nice to just be able to do that casually yeah quick little fun fact I was not the first not the second I think the third person that Elle <laughs> came out to even though we barely knew each other we were like barely friends honestly and so I had just mentioned that I was bi because as I said before that's just like how I like, I don't need to announce my... Se- I don't feel like I need to announce my sexuality to anyone. 
Um, and so then they just did. And I didn't realize until later in the conversation that that was like, like not new, but like that they were just coming out to people. And so that was, I don't know, kind of fun, kind of quirky. Yeah, no, I just, I had wanted for so long to be able to casually come out and I felt safe around you. And also you didn't know people in my life that I wasn't, that I hadn't come out to yet. So it was kind of like, it doesn't matter if I've told some of my, if I tell some of my closer, very straight friends after you, because you're not going to have that conversation with them before I come out with them anyway. Yeah. I think just just briefly. Come out with them. Come out to them. (laughs) I didn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might just mention briefly while we're kind of talking about coming out, because we'll talk about it more later, but I think it's also very important to just note, like, what outing is, because it's mentioned not that much in, like, queer culture, I don't think. Like, I don't think it's spoken about enough, to be honest. But basically, for people who don't know, outing is when you tell someone about someone else's sexuality without the permission or gender oh yeah um without the permission of the person who you're talking about so like if for example Elle told told one of our mutual friends about my sexuality without me knowing or giving approval or those kinds of things yeah and it's a complicated thing because with someone who's as out as Christina like that would be okay but it's also like you never know how comfortable someone is with everyone knowing and so it's always more important to just kind of avoid saying it if you can Um, yeah and also have that conversation with people like about who they're out to who they're comfortable being out to and those kinds of things especially around gender when it's like when are you using someone's pronouns and those kinds of things for sure like gender is such a complicated one in terms of people being out with their pronouns because I know a lot of people that are out at school but not out at home and only out to some people at school and it can be really complicated so it's always better to just clarify even if that conversation can seem a little bit dramatic if they came out to you quite casually like it's just important to do Mm. I think on that we'll kind of just like that's all we're probably going to say on outing for the moment Um, Because we'll talk about it more when we're talking about coming out. And then also in later episodes when we talk about gender and those kinds of things. Just because this episode will be focused more around sexuality. Um, I think another thing that I wanted to say about my journey was that, like, I don't know if you had this as well. I mean, there's the whole, like, am I gay quizzes thing. Oh my god, I... (laughs) literally sat those so many times it's so funny like I remember seeing a tweet when I was maybe year 10 or 11 that said hey um just to save you kids some time if you're searching up an and my gay quiz you're gay but I was like mm, but what if I'm not <laughs> so I just completely ignored that but I was in fact gay well bye <laughs> I mean for me I never did any of those which is actually really funny my version of that was I just, after I, like, 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 after I had realised in myself that I was bi, I just did massive amounts of research about the queer community. Like, I followed a bunch of different pages on Instagram. I did, like, my own research just on websites and stuff like that, just looking at so many different sexualities. And so for a while, like, if anyone had, like, questions about 
the LGBTQ plus community, I would just be the one to know, which was kind of cool. And yeah. someone was talking to me recently about um, a specific la- label that I actually don't really know how to pronounce because it's kind of confusing, but it's I think it's gynosexual, which is basically just like attraction to femininity. And it's like, I was just like, yeah, you can just identify as that because I knew what it was because I know so many, like, I, I think they're called micro labels when it's just like not as common um, a sexuality. Like pretty much everyone knows what bi is. A lot of people know what like asexual is or ace. But then yeah. like androsexual or um, gynosexual, it's kind of like a lot less common. And so I was talking to them about it and I was like, oh, but you can just identify as that. And then they were kind of like, yeah, but no one knows what it is. And it's just, it's very weird to me because same thing that you were talking about with the, with the pride flag, it being up in your room. Yeah. And then literally your parents didn't even know what it was. It was so funny because I hung it up with a friend and I was so proud of myself. I was like, I've finally come out to my parents. Like I came out to most people in my life, you know, a few months before that. And I'm finally out to my parents and I was like so proud of myself. And then a few days later, my mum mentions the Pride Festival to me. So I assumed that meant she knew um, that I was bi from my bi flag. But I think it was just because she knew I went to the big gay out. Um, yeah. And then I had to come out again three weeks later. <laughs> it's it just so funny to me. Yeah. Um, and kind of on that note, I think we'll move into labels. Yeah. Um, so did you want to talk about your relationship with labels and where you're yeah. at at the moment? I think it's generally been a pretty simple journey for me because I most of the time did know that I had an attraction to guys. But um, yeah, so it kind of, I first started questioning, like I mentioned, in year 10. And then, <laughs> oh my goodness, there were a few like girls that I knew that were out as bi or gay. And so, like, I would, like, figure out if I was bi based on whether I would like to make out with them. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so I've still got a crush on someone I got a crush on in year 10 from wondering about that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, no, I've kind of always felt that I was bi because I knew that I liked men, but I felt like I liked men more than women. And then when I came out, I was like, hmm, I, um, I... (laughs) <laughs> Maybe like women more than men. And then I had a relationship that was not very healthy. Um, and after that, for a while, I questioned that was with a man. Um, it was the one who identified as a man at that time. And um, after that, I was like, hmm, maybe I'm a lesbian. And then I met someone else and I was like, oh, no, that person was just not a nice person. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, but I figured Fun. out that I'm bi with a preference for women, but it kind of fluctuates for me, which is why I use bi instead of pan, because I see pan as being, gender's not a factor, whereas it is for me. Mm. Um, I'm just going to hop on that train right there, and I feel like my situation has been pretty similar. When I first came out, I was like, I am bi, like I'm bi, and I was so attracted to the label, and I just needed it, like that was the validation that I needed, like I was part of a community, this is who I was, all those kinds of things, and then the more and more that time goes on, I'm, I'm not like that anymore, Yeah. like I really don't have a big thing for labels, um, 
I've always knew that I was bi. Like, I never really had, like, a lot of people have where they question, am I straight? Am I secretly a lesbian? Like, yeah. Elle was just talking about. I read the lesbian manifesto. I really recommend that if you're wondering if you're a lesbian, because that helped me realise that I was bi. Um, but yeah, so I've always known, like, what my attraction was and then how that related to a label. And even though I feel like bi is not 100% how I feel, it's close enough. Yeah. I also wanted to add, you kind of mentioned it briefly, Elle, was like, sexuality is fluid. My attraction changes all the time around like, if I'm preferring more feminine people or more masculine people or more androgynous people or anything like yeah. that. And like, also, it's very normal to feel like that. It's very yeah. normal. And also, you can change sexualities during your life. I think that's so important to note because so many people are like, oh, um, because there's the whole thing about like you're in a marriage and then you divorce and then you become gay or whatever. Yeah. And like then the questioning of maybe the the person was just gay the whole time. But it's like I don't I don't personally I don't agree with that because I think that probably their attraction just changed. I think because of all of these different factors like I was talking about with compulsory heteronormativity and the media and how different relationships are portrayed and how different people floated and out of our lives it's just like your sexuality can change during your life and I think that's so normal and it's very important to understand and also not having a label is sweet if you yeah are just like yeah I'm attracted to that person yeah I'm not attracted to that person that's also invalid. You do not need to fit into a certain label or like the only reason why you should have a label is if you're doing it for yourself. I think that's very important. All yeah. of this is just important to me. Like obviously you can kind of take what what you want and get rid of what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was very similar in terms of my journey. Like, when I first came out, oh my goodness, I was the definition of a bi-stereotype. It's really (laughs) funny to think back on. Like, I still am a bit of a stereotype, and I embrace that. But when I first came out, I was like... It was basically a checklist. I was like, okay, cuff jeans, listening to swear weather. What's all the things I can do to make it really obvious that I'm bi? But um, I think, yeah, labels definitely can change. And that was something that I struggled with in terms of figuring out my identity, word of the pod, um, <laughs> a lot was, you know, what if it changes and I've already told people I'm bi and then suddenly I realise I'm straight or suddenly I realise I'm a lesbian. But it does fluctuate and that's okay and that's very normal. Like, nothing, I think, in life is set in stone. And mm. so a lot of people will stay with one label all their lives and that's valid, but it's also valid to change around or change your preference within a label and all that kind of thing. And, yeah, absolutely being unlabeled as valid, too. Like, I'm not that tied to the bi-label. Like, it fits me. That's the label that best fits me. But also, if I, if labels didn't exist, I would be completely fine with that as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think also recently I've been kind of playing around with the idea of pan, like, as a label for myself. But then I don't really feel like I need to change from bi just because I'm not that attached to any label in a way so I feel like honestly I could fit with bi or pan because it also depends on how you think of the word (laughs) because of what you were saying before Elle with like pansexuality being sort of about regardless of gender um whereas 
buy is more of a preference because it's also just about the use of the label because like obviously buy meaning to you could think oh bisexual attraction to women and men but again that's just reinforcing the gender binary which doesn't exist um whereas the more like if you hear someone use bi or use pan what it more means in like normal context is just bi means attraction to plural genders with preference whereas pan is attraction regardless of gender but then also you could take pan to mean attraction to any and all genders and then not also taking the part that's regardless so it again is up to interpretation and different people can think different things of the different words yeah fully I think labels are defined in so many different ways but that also makes sense because every person's identity is slightly different you know everyone falls somewhere different on the spectrum because we're all individuals so yeah I've actually been wondering if I was pan as well because I've been questioning a lot of stuff to do with gender lately I have a lot of gender queer and gender non-conforming friends and so I'm kind of like okay but do we actually need gender anymore like if sexism didn't exist would there be a purpose for gender I don't really think so and so when I look at it through that lens I'm like maybe I am pan but I do tend to have a preference for women but maybe that's just because I prefer femininity or maybe it's because men often are scary (laughs) I don't know it's complicated but yeah no I had a friend who recently had a conversation with me about the difference between the definition of bi and pan and I explained it as being pan more regardless of gender and they were like oh okay I'm pan and that was so lovely that conversation because it was just like they were so chill about it and they gave me their bi flag (laughs) their little bi flag in their room and yeah, it was just really nice to have that casualness of not really minding about labels. And yeah, that was something quite inspiring for me, having that conversation. I hope that I'll get to a point where I don't mind about labels that much as well. Because mm, I think it's also the reason why labels can become so important to us is to feel a part of, like, to feel a sense of community. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we've talked a lot about labels. We have. Um, so what do you want to move on to next? Um, I think... A really big part of my coming out journey was seeing queer people on TikTok. Like, the TikTok for you page is so tailored to who you are. Like, the algorithm is insane. And so I kind of wanted to talk about, like, the parallel, I guess, or separation, really, of what it's like to exist as a queer person on TikTok versus in reality. Because for me, sometimes I'll be scrolling through TikTok and I'll really be like, yeah, most people are queer. And then... I go into reality and I'm like, wait, no, so many people are so, so straight. So, yeah, I kind of was wondering, should we have a chat about that? Yeah, um, I actually, because we've got a list of different um, topics that we want to talk about and I actually wrote this one down because I feel like there's a bit of a juxtaposition. I love that word so much. Um, That should be a word of the pot at some point. (laughs) Yes. Um, There's a bit of a juxtaposition between um, the kind of echo chamber in a way that you can get stuck into online versus reality. And a lot of the time it's just, I mean, I've seen so many TikToks about it where it's just like, wow, everyone on here is gay. And then you go outside and it's like, whoa. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I think But also, it's just because there are so many people on TikTok. 
Like, I'm sure if I started a new account right now, I would be right back onto straight TikTok and seeing, you know, Charlie D'Amelio and all that kind of thing again. <laughs> Although, honestly, I am inspired by Charlie. Like, I have not seen her on my TikTok for you, for you page in forever because I do follow her, but she's just not queer enough. <laughs> but um, she, the level of confidence she has and just, she seems genuinely kind. And I love that um, in someone who's so public. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that what I wanted to talk about also with this was that, like, a lot of people are saying that Gen Z is so much more gay than other generations. Yeah, But we're not. It's just that we're not getting... Well, even so, it's illegal to be gay in how many countries? 72? Yeah, something like that. Um, And it's just, like, we're not getting hate-crimed as much. (laughs) Um, And it's... I don't know. <laughs> Literally, my grandma one time was like, I think that there's more gay people because of the hormones in our food. <laughs> I oh wish goodness. I was joking. My granddad once said to me uh, that it was just trendy to be gay now, and it was so frustrating to hear because it's not. It's just that in most societies, it's far more accepted. But I think it's also important to recognise like we are talking as um, people in New Zealand uh living in pretty accepting families so obviously our experience isn't the same as everyone but we are so lucky that it's so much easier like it's crazy to me I remember um that people who were like my dad's age signed petitions to you know not have the homosexual law reform bill and which was saying it's legal to be gay and that's crazy like that's not that long ago but it's so much evolution since then yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, I think that... Oh my goodness, my mind's just gone completely That's blank. okay. I was going to kind of talk about how on the internet, like, times move way, way faster. Mm. Like, in terms of my understanding of the world, since I got on Instagram and started looking at feminist pages in, like, year nine or something, maybe year eight, my wokeness... Um, and, like, understanding of progressiveness and all that kind of thing has developed so much just from all the amazing resources online. So I think maybe part of the divide is also that Gen Z are so connected to the internet, whereas other generations aren't as much. So just being in touch with that kind of thing. Like, I've seen TikToks about people who came out as bi to their parents and then their mum or something will be like, yeah, but everyone likes girls. They just choose to like guys. And they're like, hmm, I think my mum's bi. And so I think it's just a lot more awareness and a lot more safety, which is causing that trend of Gen Z seeming more gay. I also think that you can kind of create a kind of bubble of security in your For You page where you can just be yourself. Um, oh, I also just wanted to say, I just realised that I used um, the word work, but that's A-A-B-E. Um, so yeah, I'll just replace that with awareness. Um, because it's important not to appropriate language from other cultures. Sorry, um, what were you saying? I was just talking about how, oh my goodness, I am struggling so much to keep a, like, direct train of thought right now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this happens to me all the time. Um, I'm going to swap, change tax. What I wanted to talk about <laughs> was progressiveness online. What you're talking about with the speed of change happening online is that literally how... Oh, I was talking about the security bubble. <laughs> so, 
it, when you're online, you can kind of create a space where you can be yourself. And a lot of times people won't find that who you know. And so even if you aren't making TikToks, you can just create a space where you can just like and receive content that makes you feel more you. And I think also TikTok, because of the quick sharing ability, has led to the destigmatization of a lot of topics because it's like just so open to view and so many people can see it. Um, I think that also it's kind of weird because then you've got this safe, secure space that you've kind of created for yourself and where all of these topics are so accepted. And then also because of the creation of an echo chamber where just all of the like-minded people are in the same space. Whereas in real life, you're forced to interact with a lot of people yeah. who aren't like you, which is really good. And I'm not saying that that's not healthy. I think in a way, creating the echo chamber is unhealthy. Um, but it's just kind of a bit of a shockwave when you get into reality and then forget. Yeah, it's a weird juxtaposition. And I think for me... Like, I guess I kind of have to switch the way I act and speak and that kind of thing and dress in different groups. And, yeah, switching from seeing all these wonderfully queer people on TikTok who, you know, introduce themselves with their pronouns straight away and dress however they want and all that kind of thing to being in reality and people not introducing themselves with their pronouns like that's just a such a simple thing but so many people don't know about it that yeah moving out of that echo chamber can be quite hard Mm. but I've kind of said everything that I want to on that sort of topic apart from what I was going to say with the Gen Z thing is like there are just as many gay people as there always have been it's just now we're here yeah absolutely and I think it's also important to realize that like For me, if we didn't live in such a progressive society, I would not know that I was bi. Like, I would have just accepted myself as being straight. So, yeah, I think it's a privilege to be able to be that aware of ourselves as well. Mm. Yeah, because it's, (laughs) it's, I definitely agree with that. I've thought about that before. Like, if I was just, if the comp hat was even more so a thing where it's just like, you, no one questions their sexuality, then I probably would have never even questioned myself. Um, I think that the one other thing that I wanted to say was, like, in history books, when they're like, these two women lived with each other their entire lives, they never got married, (laughs) and they ran away from their families, and they weren't gay, they were just really good friends. (laughs) So funny to me. (laughs) It's, It's so hard for historians to recognize the queerness in society, and luckily that's changing. But there are so many, like, cishet white men in academia, and so they assume that everyone is like them. Cishet. Um, Just a definition. Cishet. Cis meaning you identify with the gender that you were given at birth, and then het just being short for hetero, being short for heterosexual, straight. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, no, it's just... It's wild to me how much of history is so told from the stories of the powerful and you lose the voices of the powerless and I could talk about that forever. That's the same with like white people though. Yeah, I was about to say that um, with losing the voices of indigenous people 
and people of colour and poor people and differently abled people and so, so, so many things. Um, I won't go down that tangent because it makes me so angry and I could really spend an entire podcast talking about it. But, yeah, um, it's so important to realise that people have been gay forever and it's just changing societal norms that change our perspective of that. Yeah, pretty much exactly that. Um, I think that if we get in, like, looking towards the future, I think it would be really cool to get into a place where it's just, like, you don't have to come out. You don't have to have a label. Like, obviously, people can do what they want. If they want it, they can take it. But, like, it would just be really nice to just exist (laughs) and not to have to be a community just to... Yeah. That sounds so good. And, like, not even needing to come out, just being would be so cool. Yeah. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is queer coding. Um, so would you like to give a brief definition on that? Honestly, I'm not the clearest on it myself, so you may be better to define it. But basically, I would say it's... Having subtle hints that you're queer. So sometimes you see that in media um, where they won't say a character is queer, but they'll kind of make it seem like that so that they don't have to have someone being out and queer because that might be controversial and lose some followers, but also queer pe- it keeps queer people happy, which is really sad. But there's also lots of queer people who use queer coding to their advantage to subtly show to people that they're gay or queer in some other way. So that would kind of be my de- definition, but you just Google the definition is there a better one there um so what i've got here is queer coding is the subtextual coding of a character in media as queer though such a character's sexual identity word of the pod may not be explicitly confirmed with their respective work a character might be coded as queer through the use of traits and stereotypes recognizable to the audience so just on that i kind of also want to bring up the topic of queer baiting so this is basically when like queer coding, but in a really bad way. Yeah. So it's, you just, like, there's no queer representation. And so it's a big difference between queer coding because it's just, like, I'm trying to find the best way. Like, I think maybe she'll give a definition. Yeah. Um, a song that Billie Eilish put out, it's called Wish You Were Gay. And a lot of people, when they saw that song title, were really excited. They were like, oh my goodness, is Billie Eilish queer? But it turned out that the song was about her wishing that a guy that she liked was gay so that she could have that reason for him rejecting her. And so that kind of thing where it's like making you think someone's queer but not explicitly saying it or turning out that they're not queer um, can be really hard for queer people. Like Mm -hmm. it hurts a lot. Yeah, I remember that happening, and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, that specific instance, that actually really annoyed me a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, I've searched up a definition of, like, how to contrast queer coding versus queer baiting. Queer coding is basically just, like, it doesn't really change the media and how it's being presented. Like, that's just how the work is. Whereas queer baiting, it's used in a way to kind of like clickbait like queer baiting clickbait and it's trying to use it in a way to gain viewers or those kinds of things yeah that's a good amount of clarity to bring because i think my definition of queer coding was kind of moving more into queer baiting so yeah um 
that's cool. Do you have any other characters that are queer coded or um instances of queer baiting that you'd like to talk about? Oh my goodness. Um I think that I mean queer coding, Conan Gray. Holy shit. Like <laughs> there is no yeah. way that that man is cishet. Um yeah. At but that's not queer baiting because it's not like he's using it to his advantage. It's just like he hasn't you know, same yeah. thing with Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that, like, he prefers not to have labels. Totally cool. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the things that he do does is quite coded, but it's not queer baiting because that it's his identity and there's nothing um, bad about that. I think something that's important to talk about as well is characters that are queer coded um, in a negative way, but it's not to gain viewers. So characters like Ursula in The Little Mermaid, who is very clearly queer-coded to look very similar to a drag queen and is a villain. And a lot of the queer-coding in media and history goes along those lines of putting characters that seem queer as villains. Mm. And that actually, I was reading something about it recently, where there were really specific rules about what portrayal of queer people was allowed. And pretty much they were allowed only for a while to be portrayed as villains. And so, yeah, it's kind of created a trend that still continues today where you see, you know, the masculine character that seems quite female and they end up being a villain. So, yeah, that's really hard as well. I think I might just jump on that and say, like, it's also queer coding is also often just writing into stereotypes and so it's very different to have a queer-coded person or character and then to just have a stereotype that is actually quite harmful and is just pushing a narrative that probably shouldn't be. Like, yeah. if you've just got a character that is all the stereotypes of a certain queer person, of a certain queer part of a community, sorry, words are kind of failing me at the moment, um, and then they don't come out it's sort of like why whereas if you have a queer coded person where there's certain aspects that are similar to a part of the queer community then that's different like it's just very much that if it's being done you need to do it in the right way yeah it's a very delicate thing and I think definitely all of that kind of thing could be done a lot better if we had more queer people giving feedback on that kind of thing so I think that's probably the solution to that but should we move on to maybe giving some homework for this episode because it's been a pretty long episode we have lots of opinions about sexuality yeah 100 percent um the homework that we've got for this episode and I don't know we need to come up with a better name than homework yeah homework Um, makes it sound negative but it's it's cool things we want you to check out basically yeah or things we want you to reflect on So we've got a couple of Instagram accounts that we want you to look at um, that are of queer people that we think are really cool. So the first person that we've got is a queer person called Chenille Lal, who is someone that is close to us because um, they come from Aotearoa, they live here, and so it's not like like the other person that we've got lives in the States, and so this one is kind of more nice because... Um, a lot of what they talk about is central to the queer community in Aotearoa. Um, so yeah. yeah, go check them out on Instagram. Do you want yeah. to talk about them? 
they're really awesome. They do a lot of work around decolonizing as well, which is so important. Um, they're a person of color who is of Fijian and Indian descent, but they do so much mahi in terms of creating resources to help people um, improve themselves and also sharing news that doesn't really get talked about in mainstream media. So they're an absolute inspiration to me and yeah they're awesome and they also talk about environmental stuff and a ton of really important other social issues as well so very much worth checking out because everything is intersectional everything yeah, for sure um like social justice is environmental justice is queer justice is all kinds of justice like it's so interlinked mm. and intersectionality is so important because identities don't exist in a vacuum word of the pod <laughs> the other person that we want you to check out is I pronounce it in my head as Matt Zip, but it's Matt XIV. And oh my goodness, maybe that's Roman neur- numerals. I didn't Did realize that I spelled that out. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my um, goodness. That's really embarrassing, but also kind of funny. <laughs> like Matt 14? Yeah. Huh. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Anyways, um, they use he they pronouns and. He's really awesome, like, they do some wholesome content, but they also do, um, like, they have this really cute thing called Sip For You, where he'll, like, show you the iced coffee that he's made that day, or whatever, um, and offer you a sip, and it's so cute. Like, it'll I've be, never it'll seen be, that, I've been following it. them for so long! <laughs> oh my goodness, you need to look at their stories, they're oh. awesome. But, um, I usually just see his actual posts. Yeah. Do you want to talk about what his posts are kind of about then? Because those are more serious and some awesome resources. Um, yeah. They share a lot of, also similar to Chanel, a lot of current events. I just wanted to jump in. Before I said that um, their pronouns were he, they. So if you're not familiar with multiple pronouns, basically it just means switch it up. Um, the one that goes first is the one they usually prefer. So he probably prefers he, him, but it's different for different people. And also, a lot of people on that don't really know, um, or, like, don't have a preference. Yeah. Not don't really know. I was going to say, don't really know what it means to have, like, they, he, or he, they, like, the difference. So that's what it means. But then also, some people just don't have a pref, like, don't prefer a certain one. And so usually, they'll put it, like, he, they, if they don't have a preference. But again, it could go either way. But yeah. even if they prefer he, you should still use both. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I was saying that um, Matt has uh, a bunch of like current events sort of stuff. Um, shows. You've probably seen him on like your For You page or like from people. He's the one who does the different makeup looks. Yeah, and then his makeup is, in- is incredible. It's actually amazing. Um, and then they put like different like sayings or like messages in their makeup by like writing words this is so or he'll or he'll like overlay words over the picture um they also do some cool dancing on their story which i like but yeah um i must watch their stories absolutely it's it's such a highlight but yeah no they create a lot of awesome content in terms of resources um around queer stuff but also just sharing tweets and other people's opinions um yeah it's it's i think probably a really good starting place if you want to learn more about the queer community 
is both of those accounts like yeah I think we'll talk in a future episode more but it's really important to diversify your feed so like any Absolutely. any media that you're consuming you should not just compute can oh my goodness you should not just consume <laughs> you should not just consume media from cishet white men hell yeah um so have have some spice have some different people up in there anyway yeah absolutely like that diversity of opinions in every area of your life is so important and social media is a really simple way to integrate that because you can easily follow people whereas in real life it would be kind of weird if you're like hey you're queer can we be friends so i can learn from you like no don't demand emotional labor from people but on social media where people are voluntarily sharing that check it out but also donate to them, give them koha if you can, because it's a lot of hard work and involves a lot of trauma often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that we want to say for this episode. Um, where, how full is your tank? Let's do a cute little checkout question. Ooh, um, my tank honestly isn't very full. I've, I've had a pretty long day, but I would say it's okay. Like 40%. Nice. What about you? Um, to be honest, I mean, I've just had two weeks of holiday, and I've had a really good day, so my tank's probably at about, like, 70%, oh, which... Christina, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that 70% doesn't sound that full, but, like, it's the end of the day, like... Yeah, I think that's a good place to be in at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. I think I'm doing really well. Like, yeah. life's been pretty up and down, but right now I'm doing really well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, as we said, make sure you check out Chanel and Matt... Um, we'll tag their um, Instagrams um, somewhere so that you can find them. In the podcast them. description. We'll probably also post about them yep. once and this episode has been released. Yeah, so just to check out, maybe check out how full your tank is, have a reflection on that, and if you didn't think of a song before for what your mood is, maybe have a think about that now. Um, but don't go and play a sad song if you're feeling sad, unless that's what you need, unless it's productive sadness, because... <laughs> I do that too often. <laughs> I was about to say, that's really specific. Are you busy calling? You know on skinny dipping? I'm calling myself out. You know on skinny dipping when they're like, own your shit. This is you owning your shit. It is me owning my shit. All right. I think that's a good place to check out. Own your shit. Do some self-reflection. Have a wonderful week. Aroha nui, everyone. And yeah, hope to see you on the podcast very soon. Absolutely. See ya.